Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast. Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake hole. Today we're going to be talking about the seventh episode of the second season of Supernatural, titled The Usual Suspects. Jamie, what did you think? So last week when you were telling me like, oh, you might be right, you you didn't want to tell me, <laughs> no, you're dead on. Yeah. Like 100%. You were 100% correct about what this episode was going to be, yes. And Literally I was... 30 seconds in, Dean is arrested. Yeah, essentially. And then Sam as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so what did you think? I had a feeling you were going to like this episode. So tell me if I was wrong. Look, it wasn't a bad episode. I will give you that. Thank you. I will take what I can get. I did enjoy certain elements of it, but there were other elements that I was just a bit like, meh, you know? I mean, that's... Pretty- I've watched way too many crime scene procedurals for this to be like... Yeah. Like, they... Let's jump in a little bit to the meat of the episode. Okay. So, the detective, the female detective says to Sam... Diane, I think that's her name. Diane. Yeah. Says to Sam, oh, we haven't been able to rub your fingerprints quite yet, like... All in due time, etc., etc., etc. He very purposefully places his fist down on the table so that they don't get any fingerprints from him. Presumably. Oh, I I assumed it was just like like a show of irritation, like a you know you like just put your fist. I mean, it's not going to podcast; they can't see. But like you know, you you put your fist on the like you know bang. Like, irritation, because I thought that him then grabbing the cup that she'd given him, which would then, once discarded, be able to be used to pick... I thought that was, like, a show of him being, like, all right, well, sure, as, like, you know, you're not going to fucking find anything, so you can have my fingerprints. Like, I understand the ulterior motive of bringing me the drink. I'm not stupid. See, because I thought that it was meant to be, like, Sam didn't realise the fucking ulterior motive of... Oh, no, I I assumed that that was, like, intentional. He was, like, being like, I know what you're trying to do. I also don't care because you have nothing. So I'm going to go on a whole academic tangent here. Oh, fantastic. Basically, forensic psychology tells us circumstantial evidence is a hell of a lot more compelling than it should be. Juries convict people on not enough evidence. So... While I think it's all well and good for Sam to be like, oh, yeah, well, it's circumstantial at best, juries of people have convicted people on the flimsiest of circumstantial evidence, especially if there is any sort of eyewitness who can point the finger and go, oh, yeah, them. Mm. And the eyewitness accounts are not credible either. Yeah, so there is a lot... Yeah, eyewitness accounts are bad for a whole other... (laughs) kettle of fish like that's a whole other issue but basically forensic science has been touted as this like holy grail you know if they've got dna in the crime scene therefore it must be infallible yeah you know nothing can go wrong with that because even though it's not true yeah people are still willing to convict other people based on flimsy circumstantial evidence if they view that flimsy circumstantial evidence as foolproof and safe like hair shaft analysis basically just a whole bunch of like mumbo jumbo right they've done blind studies where they've been told to like either say they're a match or they're not a match they have matched human hair to dog hair (laughs) this is the top experts in this field basically there have been cases where some of the deciding evidence is hair hair yeah so it's like while 
that may be all well and good and true that, you know, even if they found his fingerprints somewhere, it would not be enough to prove anything definitively. It doesn't mean that he won't get convicted for that crime. Yeah. So long story short, I think that Sam picked up the cup in a display of arrogance and you think Sam picked up the cup cup in a display of ineptitude. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Glad we got there in the end. Which brings me to my PSA for the day. Are you ready, Bethany? I am so ready. Before you give people food or beverages, make sure you're aware of their allergies so you don't accidentally fucking kill them. Check their dietary requirements. Check their dietary requirements. Like... It's under common decency at this point. At least let them know what's in the goddamn cup before you get them to drink it. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) To be fair, he could have asked. He could have asked. You're right. Yeah. Okay, while we're talking about the female detective... Uh Uh-huh. Diane. Diane. She's in the bathroom. And, like, one tap starts to, like... Oh, the hot water with the steam? The hot water with the steam. Yeah. It's like, okay, maybe that's a dodgy tap. All of the taps start to go. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, that's no longer just, like, one tap malfunctioning. That's... All of them. I'm fucking running. Yeah. Yeah. Like... I'd be like, this thing's about to blow. (laughs) I'm, I'm out of there. I'm not staying in that bathroom to watch the Dana shop or whatever the Dana Shulps. Jet Dana Shulps. I'm not staying there to read Dana Shulps come up in the steam in the mi- like mirror. Like yeah. I'm out of there. You know? Because like one tap maybe like it's a dodgy tap. Yeah. All of the taps? Like I'm out. But she's just chilling there. Like she she's like freaking out a little bit. But like She's, she's probably like, in shock. Nah. <laughs> I feel like, do you know, actually, I think if all of the taps went on at once, I would just be like, what the fuck? I don't think I'd run. I think I would be like, what is happening? Like, I'd actually probably try and turn the tap off, to be honest, is what I would probably try and do, is try and turn them off, see if that worked. And if that didn't work, I'd be like, I'm going to go get someone else to deal with this. I'd be like, hello, manager, please decide what is happening, because I'm not a plumber. But it is, it, it's certainly freaky. Nah, see, I, when I say I would run, I'd run because I don't want that shit to be blamed on me. Like, <laughs> you're like, I was never here. <laughs> I was never here, you know? Like, I am not taking responsibility for all the plumbing going. Like, I'm out. Oh, dear, that's funny. Actually, I really quite like Diana as a character. I thought she was, like, quite, uh, she was very well played. And actually, did you catch... Uh, at the end of the episode, the reference to, uh, is it The Exorcist with the pea soup? The reason they brought it up is because she was the, she played the kid in The Exorcist. Oh, okay. Which is why at the end... So it's a little inside joke. Yeah, that's why at the end he's like, oh, are you hungry? Like, I could really go for some pea soup. Yeah, because they didn't... Didn't she look familiar? Isn't yeah. pea soup one of those things where in, like, movie sets and that they use it to... Re- it's like vomit. Like vomit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I only know that because I was like, huh, that's so weird. And my mum was like, oh, it's because of this. And I was like, oh, yes, you would know that because you're the right age to know that. Yeah. But but no, I was not the right age to catch that. <laughs> I, she has female supernatural character syndrome, though. Exactly the same vibes as so many other characters. The one that's most similar in my brain right now is the um, female cop from The Benders. Same vibes. Yeah. I mean, again, cop, so yeah, makes sense. Um, what I do love about this episode is 
even, you know, you talked about how Sam taking the cup could be read as incompetence. I really love that it shows how good they are in these kinds of situations. Like, you know, they've got their stories that are matched to a T and yeah. they've got their, like, systems of, like, Dean says go to the Yellow Pages, just... the first motel listed under this name. That's how we find each other. You know, and they've got all these tips and tricks that they've clearly, like, worked out yeah. through the years or um, even having, like, the Hilts and McQueen, like, in the yeah. from The Great Escape in the note. Yeah. I just, it's so clever, and I really appreciated the way this episode was actually tied together. Like, I thought the way that the story was told, because it wasn't entirely linear, we got lots of, like, cuts back and forth, I just really enjoy the format of it, and I also think it really lends itself well to reminding the audience that, like, they're actually very good at what they do, although the scene where they are pretending to be insurance investigators and they're interviewing Karen, the uh, wife yes. of the deceased. And Dean is so... He's so it's so frustrating because he is good at what he does and for some reason they just like chose to like play it as him being like kind of useless again. Like well, this is something we've talked about a lot. Like you saying like oh Dean's just like not very good at talking to people and you're like... This scene is an excellent example of that. Where he just has no tact and like is completely inappropriate and is kind of like having fun while asking this woman about her recently deceased husband. Like, yeah, it was it was a bit weird. But other than that, I think like the whole episode really sort of very forcibly reminds you that like they know what they're doing. Yeah, you know, and I appreciate that a lot because I like it. Does make it a weird contrast though that it goes from like they're very capable and they know exactly what they're gonna say if they, you know picked up by cops you, they know exactly what they got to do if they get separated they have all of these contingencies they have all of these plans and then for it to sort of be like really severely contrasted with like dean just having absolutely no tact and not really not managing to talk to the widow without raising all of these alarm bells yeah yeah um, so it's an interesting choice it, it was certainly an interesting choice that was made I do like it though, like the back and forth and like I love the contrast between uh, like Sam was recounting like his version of events to uh, Diana and it like, you know, he says, oh yeah, like, oh God, what was the victim's name? He was a family, Anthony. Yeah, Anthony, you know, he was a friend of dad's, they served together and like, you know, we've known him since we were kids and then it cuts to like Sam and Dean like actually talking about it and Dean's like, so Anthony such and such and Sam's like, who the fuck is that? It's, It's very fun. I think it's also interesting that they decided that this episode was going to be the one where they made the twist that the supernatural being wasn't the evil thing. It was the people. And again, uh, evil cops. Evil cops. Running theme. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually, I really love this episode. I think it's quite clever what they do with the like the anagram of, of Dem Shops. Like, I thought it was quite well thought out in terms of like a plot device, having that be the anagram. And then it makes sense because you see like the projected shadow onto like where her body is. Like it... It felt very, all the loose ends were tied up very nicely, but it wasn't also super predictable, which is a nice balance. And oftentimes you don't get that balance. Either it's super predictable or it kind of leaves questions. But this one was very much like neatly tied and it made a lot of sense. Yeah. And it's not really predictable because they don't give you all the answers straight away, but it's like, it's logical in the end. Like the conclusion makes sense. It's not a story where they've left a lot of unresolved things just sort of dangling. Like no, everything, except the cup with the fingerprints. <laughs> except the cup with the fingerprints. 
everything gets resolved in the end. It's just not in the way you perhaps expected simply because you do learn more information as the story plays out and you also learn some of the information quite late in the episode when they reveal that it's not a vengeful spirit. It's the death omen. She's a death omen. Yeah. And is trying to warn people similar to the spirits in Asylum. Also similar to Skin this episode. Especially with the... uh, Oh, actually, (laughs) I was going to talk about the introduction of the episode, but very quickly. I love the previously on montage for this episode and it's literally just all of like the cuts of them lying about who they are and like every identity they've pretended to be over the last like season and a half. I just thought it was, it's, it was very fun to watch back to back to back to back them being like, I'm this person actually, I'm this person actually, I'm this person here's my ID, here's my ID um, I skipped the recap Oh, Jamie. You can't actually, you really can't do that because there are a couple of episodes where it's very important that I'm able to talk to you about what the recap is. There's particularly one in season 15 that is like, it is essential that we cover it in the episode. So you'll tell me exactly which one it is. And then that episode, I will watch the recap. (laughs) But like, like, it's just a force of habit for me. I don't often watch TV recaps, especially these days if I'm like watching a TV show regularly. It's not necessary for me in my brain. I've got... A decent memory. There are definitely circumstances where you should watch the recap. Yeah, so, okay, well, if you haven't seen it, then you haven't seen it, but I did really enjoy it. So it is just, like, a montage of every time they've lied yeah. to, like, a law enforcement agency, basically. It's just, like, every time they've pulled a badge and lied about what their name is, but it's, like, very fun to see it all back to back to back. Because they do it almost every episode. Yeah. So there's, like, a decent amount of examples of it. Exactly, and, like, all of the different, like, places they say they're from, like, the FBI, the, like... Marshals. Marshals, you know, whatever... The um, wildlife service. Yeah, yeah. Park rangers. Yeah. Um, where I was actually going with that when I started the sentence is that I felt like the intro to this episode is similar to Skin in the sense of, like, we see Dean, like, arrested and he's been, like, caught red-handed and, and those kinds of things. They really like doing that, don't they? They do. And I enjoy it because they don't do it often enough that it feels too repetitive. I appreciate... Because this would have been... What was Skin? Two, uh, 106. So this being 207, it's been a a season or a year, essentially, since they've sort of done this. So it's long enough that you can reasonably... It still feels fresh. Yeah. It's not like, oh, you just did this last week like they did when they did, like, back-to-back fucking vampires. Yeah. So it feels like it's refreshing. You get a different, like, a change of pace. But also what I really appreciate, particularly about the first few seasons of Supernatural, I think they do this not only well, but I would argue better than a lot of other television shows that I've seen. They're not big ones. Which is the continuity of background plots. So, like, the fact that they've got, like, the previous crimes that we know they've been convicted of and they bring up the fact that Dean is supposedly dead and they talk about, like, the charges in St. Louis and, you know, it, it continues through. And this is something that continues into, like, carrying on through seasons is, like, Whenever they do get apprehended, people are like, oh, so you're that killer who's wanted in, you know, in St. Louis. And like, weren't, didn't you escape custody in, you know, from wherever they were in this episode? And, but yeah, there's like a really good continuity. And I feel like Supernatural is guilty of this in later seasons, but I feel like a lot of shows tend to be like, 
something will happen and then it's like they just completely forget the consequences over the next couple of episodes like an episode later or three episodes later it's like it never happened but particularly with their run-ins with with the law and like their criminal records these are things that really carry through and it's not until later seasons where you kind of lose the impact of it a bit but it's it's certainly something that i enjoy about earlier seasons is this it does increase the stakes because every time they get apprehended or every time there's a close call, it's like, okay, but they actually could get you this time, you know? Whereas, like, I know other shows, it's sort of like, I don't know, they seem to just forget. Um, but yeah, so it's like, it's similar to Skin, obviously, in the setup, but it's it's definitely still different enough that it's, it is different and still enjoyable. And also, yeah, I just appreciate that there's, like, a lot of continuity between the, the arrests. Yeah, like, it's not like they've just forgotten that Dean is meant to be a serial killer who died. And dead, like, yeah. And <laughs> dead being the uh, important bit there. Yeah, like, they're literally like, well, you seem surprisingly alive. We're going to exhume that body to see, like, what happened. <laughs> yeah, and actually, I love that. So, one of the things I really, really enjoy about this episode, I've already mentioned it, but is the fact that it just shows how good Sam and Dean are when they're in situations like this. And I absolutely adore that once Dean has the information he needs from the lawyer, who's his, that poor man, that poor lawyer, like, (laughs) he walks in and Dean is like, seemingly doesn't give a single shit. And then he goes into Sam, who again, doesn't seem to give a single shit. And then he finds out that one of his uh, clients is like ready to confess. That goes to shit. So he goes out to see the other client and he's escaped out a window. Like, what a day that man. (laughs) To be fair, though, Dean wasn't lying. Like, he obviously told him that he wanted to tell the truth. And And then he proceeded to tell tell the truth. truth. And that's what I was going to say. I love that because it's so funny. It's like, this is one of those situations where you tell someone the truth and they're never going to believe it. So he's like, well, I'll just literally tell you the truth. And it provides the perfect distraction for Sam, who he's already told, you know, time to make your great escape. He then gives Sam the perfect diversion by drawing everyone in to have this confession. Everyone which... wants to gawk at the guy who's confessing to murder. Like... Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, gives Sam the opportunity to get out. He pisses off the cops because he's obviously telling them what they think is bullshit. But then it actually works really well in their favour again because, of course, Diana... Listen then... to the confession. Yeah. And then when it started happening to her, she thought... Shit. Holy shit, that sounds weirdly specific to the events that are currently happening Mm. in my own life. And actually, one thing I also really appreciate about this episode is how quickly the tone changes from when she is viewed as an antagonist to when she is viewed as a potential victim. Like, the tone shift is immediate. Like, Dean goes from being, like, cocky as shit and, like, whatever, when as soon as he sees on her wrist, like, you know, the bruises, and he's like, where did you get those? And then it's like, you need to go to Sam. Here is where Sam is. And she can't believe it. She's like, you're giving your brother up. And he's like, yeah, because otherwise you're going to die. The point is that we don't want people to die, so you need to go see Sam and, like, you know... Like, if you want, you can You can arrest arrest him, him. but then you're going to die. Yeah, and then Sam makes the exact same case when she shows up. He's like, well, you can arrest me later, but right now it's more important that you don't die. And it's really nice to see, I guess, that that is still their, like, main focus. They just don't want people to die. I mean, it's the hunting people, saving things mentality coming through. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. I didn't even mention that in the Benders episode. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
what a missed opportunity, Jamie. I'm gonna die in shame now. I uh, all jokes aside, that is exactly what it is. It's the hunting thing, saving people mentality. Yeah, that yeah. really permeates the show that I've seen so far. But I also really love that they just go from zero to 100 whenever there's like a civilian. And it's like either they want the civilian to know absolutely nothing about the supernatural. Or you know everything. Or we're just going to start info dumping on you. And like (laughs) this poor woman, you know, she doesn't know what the fuck is going on. And she's off with Sam and they're like, he's like, oh yeah, there's definitely a body in here. And then like. He's just bashing in the brick wall. He's like, something doesn't feel right about this. <laughs> and she's like, you we looking are for a digging dead... up a corpse. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's not that. <laughs> I was like, oh man, this woman's like entire life has just been turned upside down in a day. And he's just casually trying and to so find a body. Also, can quick side note. I have two questions about the body. Yeah. Question number one. How did the body get behind the wall? Cask of Amatiliado. <laughs> what, you think Pete sat there and bricked it up while she just stood there watching? Like, yeah. <laughs> no, like, genuinely though, how the fuck? Like, they must have built it around her. But that doesn't make any damn sense. How else would you get her in there? Drop her from the ceiling? Maybe. Behind if it's like multi, like multi, like levels. I don't know if it is. I mean, maybe. It just seems very weird. Very weird. But anyway, that confused me. I was like, how the fuck did her body get behind the brick? But then, number two, Sam has a broken arm. Yeah. I actually noticed in this episode. <laughs> I saw the cast. I know why I didn't spot it, because it's not like a big cast. Yeah, it's mostly get. hit by, like, jackets. It's mostly hit by jackets and stuff. So normally it's just, like, the little white thing of the hair Over the wrist, yeah. That you can see. But because he had, like, a plaid shirt on this episode where the sleeves were rolled up, yeah. You could see the entire cast and it was like, oh, that's why. It's also not like, you know when you break your arm as a kid and yeah. it's like the big cast yeah. that like fully immobilizes like your whole arm. Your whole arm. And actually, do you know, I've never broken a bone. Neither have I. But Touch like, wood. I actually, no, tell a lie, I have broken a bone. It just wasn't mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I broke my sister's arm once. Oops. Yeah, oops. I sat in it. <laughs> I was like eight. Oh, that's funny. Sorry, you were saying you got a big cast that immobilizes your arm. Yeah. So I was sort of thinking, like, when you said, like, he had a cast on, it would be, like, a full cast. No, it's it like... It looks more like the, the wrapping you do, like, you sprained your wrist or something. Yeah, I think it is, actually. I think in when he mentions it being injured, he says, I think she broke my hand. So I think it's yeah. supposed to be, like, the wrist yeah. area. Um, okay. But no, so that's why I didn't notice. I worked it out. It's, that's That's fine. You're only judging me a little bit. I can feel only it. a tiny bit. The question I had though is, okay. he's got so one arm is well, one wrist at least is like broken. It's healing, right? It's in the cast. He knocks in part of the brick wall with like a some kind of battering ram that he's yeah. fashioned out of something that was just lying around. Yeah, which is fine. But then he just uses his elbow for the rest, and I'm like, I feel like. If you had a perfectly good battering ram that you were already using and had already, in fact, used to knock bricks out of the wall, why would you then use your other not currently broken arm to bash in the bricks? Like, bricks are hard. Are you ready for some construction info dumping from Jamie? This episode is going to be full of Jamie academics. Yes, I would love to hear about construction. 
The reason that brick walls are typically so strong is because of the way they're laid. So basically because you've got one brick and then two bricks and then one brick and yeah, the, pattern. the yeah. pattern. It reinforces the bricks in that pattern. Yeah. And all of the stability comes from the bricks being in that pattern. It's like tessellation. Yeah. So as soon as you remove like a brick, you've created a weak spot. And you can essentially just like the bricks are now weak. Like it, it creates a massive weakness in the wall. So you could just so, elbow the wall down? So to start breaking down the wall, you do need to... Like batter it. Like batter it. You need to create a hole. You need to create a weak point. But then what I think you'll find is because he's now created that weak spot, you can sort of like chip the bricks around way at the edges. So my thought process was instead of using the battering ram and covering this body in bricks, he is pulling them out the way. I love that at the start of this episode, I was talking about how Sam was being a smart ass and you were talking about how he was being stupid. And now we've swapped to where Sam is from your perspective being smart and from my perspective is being stupid. <laughs> we're really flip-flopping around on this this poor character today. But no, so in my experience at least, brick walls become a hell of a lot weaker once they've got a hole in them. I just thought And of... from there you can sort of yoink them. Yeah. <laughs> like like they, they will once you start like once you make that initial like hole in the wall, yeah. you can pull them apart pretty easily. Like the mortar doesn't hold very we well, test once this. the mortar is uh, disturbed and cracked. I swear to get he's elbowing them in. Because I watched this episode twice before we recorded. I mean, I may be wrong. I did watch <sighs> it a couple of episodes, like hours ago, but I swear he was pulling the bricks out. Look, we'll, we'll find out. I'll mm. go back once we finish recording this, and then next week... We'll know. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do a, uh, a recap. <laughs> a recap. Whether he was elbowing it or out. pulling them out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe it was both. It might have been both. Maybe. But my, my theory was like, because he was pulling them out, even if he was elbowing them. Well, at least my theory now is, even if he was elbowing them, like he was elbowing them because he couldn't be bothered picking up the battering ram, battering them a little bit, and then having to pull them out of the way. Mm. Another quick note on Sam, actually, in this episode. First of all, He's 23 yeah. in this episode. He is my age. Yeah. That is so weird to me. So very weird. Like, I feel like a child. And I'm, like, looking at this dude who's, like, well, elbowing in a brick wall to pull out a dead body. And he's like, this is Tuesday. And climbing out a window to a Climbing out of windows. Custody. I love that the cops are like, how the fuck did he... Like, they can't even figure out how he got out. And they never actually explain that in no. the episode. They're just like, yeah, he just did it. It's fine. <laughs> he got out. That's the point. But yeah, it just, it throws me that Sam is supposed to be my age because I'm like, oh, I am an infant. Anyway, uh, just on Sam. When he's in the car towards the end of the episode with Diane and they're, they've learned that Pete is in fact the killer that they're after. And they also have learned that he has, uh, that Pete, that is, has decided that Dean needs to be transferred at two o'clock in the morning. And so he took Dean and he just started driving. And Diana's like, oh, he's not answering his radio, la la la. And Sam's like, wait, he took a, like, he took a police vehicle? She's like, yeah. He's like, we can just track that. And I love that he's like, clearly, you know, so, it's just so obvious to him and so second age. Like, oh yeah, we can track the police. That's fine. You know, or when he had like the crime scene photos and she's yeah. like, how did you get these? He's like, you have your job. I've got mine. Like, I love how like casual he is about just 
Breaking the law in front of a police officer. Yeah, and just like sort of flaunting his knowledge a little bit, like not intentionally. But she's like, oh, how will we find him? And he's like, how the fuck do you... You're the police. You should know this. I know this. <laughs> you know, and I just, I thought it was, um, I thought it was quite fun. And it's nice to see this episode. I think we talk a lot about how, or at least through season one, we talked a lot about how we get a lot of character development and a lot of focus on Dean a lot of the time. I liked in this episode, I felt like we got a little bit more of like what Sam is capable of. Like we know that, you know, he was hacking the first victim's password, you know, and we know that he is able to get all this information from the police databases. And we know that, you know, he knows how to track the police car. And like, it's nice to see him by himself a bit more, yeah. I guess. Because oftentimes if we're seeing one of the brothers by themselves, it's usually Dean. Or at least that's kind of how it feels. So Maybe you just focus more on Dean. Maybe. I have realised, running the Tumblr, I'm like, oh, I think about Dean a lot more than I think about Sam. <laughs> I'm really trying to work on that, but... I did feel like this was more of a an episode where we did get a bit more of Sam sort of getting to exhibit... Personality? Well, yeah, but like... oh, Well, yeah. Sorry, that was really mean. <laughs> I more meant like get to exhibit like his abilities as like a hunter because we've not really seen... I don't know. We, we don't often get to see them working individually. Yeah. You know? Oftentimes they're working together or they're only working individually because one of them has been kidnapped and it's like the climactic moment of the episode. So like it's like vendors. two minutes. Yeah, exactly. Like Sam was alone for a lot of that, but he was also kidnapped and stuck in a cage for a lot of that. And so, you know. He managed to get the... The bracket. The bracket. Look, he got that bracket all right. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the scene where Diana goes to Sam. Oh, yeah. In the okay. motel. Yep. And they're like, she's like, well, I could just arrest you. And he's like, yeah, that's great. You die. Yeah. <laughs> Casually. And then he's explaining, like, what's happening with the supernatural stuff. And they pan out to a wide scene. And the door to the motel room is wide open. Is it? Yes. Oh, I did not notice. I was sitting there going, hold on a minute. Are they having this entire conversation with, like, the door wide open? Oh, that's funny. Do you know what is funny is part of the montage that you skipped is them talking about credit card scams in the broad daylight as well. So (laughs) they're clearly just exhibiting their flight of... Their flagrant disregard for uh, the law and also privacy and also secrecy and also... Did that montage also happen to include when they talk about like crime scenes and shit in bars? I can't remember. I don't think so, actually. I should have. But yes, no, that is is very funny. I'm not surprised. I just didn't notice it personally. I mean, I might be mistaken, but I'm pretty sure like it looks like it's the front door. Like based on like... The layout in my head, that's like the door to the room. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Could it theoretically be like an internal door to like a separate room? Yeah, probably. But like, I don't so I don't think, so. think it is. No, no. Like, based not. on the layout that we see in other shots, like, I think. They've just left the front door open. I think they just left the front door open. <laughs> oh, which is a choice. That's funny. Oh, I have a question for you. Okay. Because this made me laugh in the episode. When. Sam is explaining to Diana, you know, she's like, you know, oh, your your girlfriend died, and and then you know you went off the grid. Sam's like, yeah, I, you know, I needed time to to deal. Like, I'm going on a road trip with my brother, and she's like, how's that going? He's like, yeah, great. We saw the second largest ball of twine in the continental U.S. I'm just wondering, yeah, if we were to go on a road trip, yeah, <laughs> what hilariously unimpressive thing 
would we go see? Because I'm thinking about, like, the big galah. The big banana. The big banana. In Australia, we like having things that are just big. We've got the oh, big rocking... Oh, I've been to the big pineapple ones. The big pi- I've been to the big orange. Okay. So there's there's a big koala, a big galah, a big pineapple, a big orange, a big banana, a big uh, rocking horse. What else is... Is that it? I think there's a big mango as well. Oh, you're because right. Because somebody stole the big mango. That's right. Someone stole the big mango. It's like I forgot about 20 that. tons heavy or some shit like that. But like yeah. they still stole the big mango. I think... Where did it mango? <laughs> that was terrible. That was like an Animal Crossing pun. Is that everything? There is more. Oh, I'm sure. I just can't think of them right now. I'm sure. I just feel like it's just a funny list of big things that we have in, yeah. in the country. In Australia. And they're just not very... I mean, like the big banana is like, I don't know, seems like a weird... Thing to make big. Just a weird thing to just have in a country. But no, I have been to the big pineapple. Mm, well, yeah, the big orange. I remember I was quite young when I went to the big orange and all I really remember about it is that there was, I had to wash my hands for some reason and my mum took me over to like a tap that was behind the big orange and when we turned on the water was orange. Like it wasn't orange juice, like it was water, but it was orange. The pipe was probably rusty. Yeah, I guess that didn't occur to me as a three-year-old. <laughs> like, I just always, for some reason, assumed they put food dye in the water to make it orange. But the rust does make more sense. <laughs> now, as a, as a 23-year-old, the rust does make more sense. Yes, you are correct. I can't believe that it took me until this point, two decades later, to realise they didn't food colouring the water. You want to know the fun thing, though? You're not the one who realised that. No... I had to be informed. Yeah. What do you think would be the funniest thing for someone to make just really big? Oh, I don't know. Well, what would be funny to just have be really big? Did you hear that they're doing a big Chris statue for Chris Hemsworth? They're just making a really big Chris. <laughs> I can't remember where. Probably Queensland. No, uh, I don't know. What, what would be the funniest thing to make big? An ant. A big ant. I feel like we have a big ant, actually, come to think of it. Is there a big ant? Let me Google it for you. I think one, a big dining big, table would be really funny. A big table. Yeah, big Or a big table. chair. A big no, no, chair. Like, big table with, like, chairs around it. Oh, like a full set. Yeah, like a oh, full Oh, that would be table. quite fun for photos. Yeah. Oh, a big bed. That would be fun. Mm. You've got a mattress and you should flop around on it. Okay. So I just Googled big things in Australia. <laughs> so there's the big pineapple. Yeah. The big banana fun park. It's not just the big oh, banana, it's now a fun park. It's a fun park. The big merino. Oh, we forgot about the big merino. The big lobster. The big lobster? Yep. The big prawn. <laughs> the big golden guitar. The giant koala. I knew about the koala. The big orange. The big orange. Do we not have a big kangaroo? The big rocking horse and the big bogan. The big bogan? according to that list. What's the big bogan? So it's in New South Wales. He's four metres smaller than the merino and weighs four tonnes. Oh, there's another list. Let me go to Wikipedia. Dude, we should actually go on a road trip and just see all the big, big stuff. Things. It'll take us across the whole country, apparently. The big powerful owl. I love the, the word powerful is in there too. Like, it's not just big. He's powerful. I mean, he costs $400,000. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, who pays for these? Is this our taxpayer dollars just going to big things? Did we pay for the big banana? Most of us have tourist traps. But no, so to conclude, hopefully rambling that 
Beth will have cut down to maybe like five minutes of rambling instead uh, of like yeah, 30 I'm... minutes of me going through the Wikipedia pages of every big thing in Australia. Australia has a lot of big things. We do. I don't remember how we got onto this topic. It's been 40 the minutes. Big, the second biggest ball <laughs> of twine, twine and continental right. US. So Australia has a love of making things giant. So that really resonated with me as a character. Because yes. As a character. As a character. I'm a character in my own life. Sorry. That character moment really resonated with me as a person. Okay. There. <laughs> so it's a bunch of disbelief still in place. Yeah. And uh, I uh, really enjoy the, like sibling dynamics again in this episode as well like first you just all, like the sibling dynamics i really like the sibling dynamics but i like when they um showcase them um especially like when dean has finished like searching the office of the first victim and he's like well there's not a trace of donna schultz and sam's like well i've nearly cracked his password it'll take me like maybe 30 minutes and dean's like great and he sits and just is immediately annoying and sam's like dude like and he's like all right well bye and off he goes and I think I notice it more because it changes a lot in, like, later seasons because they mm. get older and stuff. But in these early seasons, like, it is fun to watch them, like, fuck around and, like, give each other shit and be annoying siblings, you know? All right. Well, if that is everything for you for today. Yes, I've spouted enough nonsense. Wonderful. It's everything for me. So, Jamie, what would you rate this episode of Supernatural out of five? I'm going to give it three and a half stars. Oh, so like just over middle of the road. Yeah, pretty solid. Not my favourite episode, but I didn't mind it. Cool. The next episode is called Crossroad Blues. How are you feeling going into that episode? Do you have any thoughts, predictions, fears, hopes, Sorry, dreams? I already have my thought for the day. <laughs> Crossroad Blues. Are they going to introduce the Crossroads demons? I remember you saying Crossroad demons were a thing. Well. Is yeah. this where they introduce them? You'll have to wait and see. Don't look at me like that. They can't see your stink eye. <laughs> Only I have to experience that. <laughs> that's the honour you get for agreeing to do a podcast with me. Okay, so that's the only prediction you've got, is that they might introduce Crossroad Demons? And I'm going to assume there's going to be some blues music at some point. Okay, yeah, no, that's fair. Or maybe it means they're sad. They're always sad. True. <laughs> Very rarely are they happy. That's an important plot point in the, in the last seasons. Okay, so if that is everything, uh, I think that is just about it for today. If you wanted to get in touch or get some more content, you can always find Jamie over on Twitter at DriverPixPod. I reckon you should send her your favourite times that forensic evidence has been misconstrued. I think that could be fun. Get some true crime up in this shit. I took a forensic psychology course once. I'm practically an expert. (laughs) Your six-month uni topic that you did once, yeah. If you want to interact with Beth, you can find her on Tumblr at Driver Picks the Podcast. And I reckon you should send her your suggestions for big things. Like, what are we enlarging here? What big Jamie, replicas are we making? Jamie, you know what you're asking for. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay. See, what I would think would be really funny is to advertise something as the big dick and then just have it be like a massive like sculpture of someone named Richard. You're going to like season seven. Anyway, thank you. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> you sounded so sad there. Jesus Christ, but it's been a weird day. <laughs>